to my bleeding ears podcast this is episode number 152 i'm larry i'm with you here today as always every single episode and with me my co-host pretty much every episode except maybe about like eight or nine of them maybe ten i doubt even that many really i gotta go back and count them i joined pretty early in the season uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's seasons oh shit <laughs> yes uh we're back for a few weeks we Watched a lot of crap. Uh, some good, some bad. So let's get right into it. Yeah, so I, I think what I'm going to do first is group all of the haunted house movies we watched <laughs> together. <laughs> and we'll start with Things Heard and Seen. Things Heard and Seen. This is the one with Amanda Seyfried, right? Right. Um, where she's anorexic, right? <laughs> Yeah, yes. I yeah. mean, one of many of, of the issues. Uh-huh. I, I am glad that that was, a, like, a plot point. Yes, it was. Because when you first see her, you're like, oh, my oh, God, Amanda yeah. Seyfried's so skinny. Why? No, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I, well, I didn't want to say what happened, but I was like, oh, I kind no, of know No, of course not. Happened. It was not, like, a body shaming of Amanda no. Seyfried. It was genuine concern yeah. for Amanda Seyfried's wellness. But it is because her character... Has an eating disorder of some yes. sort, probably anorexia. Yes, and uh, this one was kind of all right. It's one of those Crimson Peak movies yes. where I didn't know I was watching just like a gothic love story mm-hmm. or a gothic horror movie. I thought I was going to get some sort of like ooh twist ghost right. story, yes. and that's not what it is. So I feel uh-huh. like at the end I kind of went what? <laughs> yeah, it kind of was what, wasn't it? I, but I, I want to watch it again, because if I'm looking at it with those gothic romance right. eyes, I think it was a very well-made movie. I liked it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I, I did enjoy it. The guy in there was really good. He was a really good uh, performance in there. He is such a piece of shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, I looked that yes. actor up, and it looks like he's played, he's British, and he's played like soldiers and stuff like that, so <laughs> he got to play... A, 100% scum of the earth. <laughs> right, but I mean, you know, I mean, you, this is just gradually building over this entire fucking movie. This yeah. guy's a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. This was a pretty decent movie. 
So it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, and it just came out, so I don't want to spoil it by telling you what I mean by the gothic romance. Yeah. I already spoiled it for you a little bit, but I think mm. I also fixed it for you, so you're not <laughs> expecting the twist that I was expecting. Yeah. Um, when you look at it with the gothic romance eyes, I thought it was kind of beautiful. It was, it was, yeah. I agree. Um, and Amanda Seyfried is okay. She's That yeah. was for a role. So, yeah. no, no, I like, mean, uh, like physically okay. She's wonderful. You know, I she actually is very wonderful. She's, she's yeah. a good actor. She's it, great. It, it may not seem like it earlier in her career when, like, Mean Girls and stuff. Yeah. It kind of seems like she doesn't act, but that was her character, you know? And, right. And um, then she got kind of typecast for a while, and then she did that one. Um, she kind of broke out of it when she did the that um, Lisa. Uh, how was it? Linda Lovelace. Linda Lovelace, yeah. And yeah, and then she played that character and kind of moved. And then they're like, "Wow, she can act. All right." And yeah. Get roles like this, great. And plenty of stuff like Dear John and Mamma Mia and all kinds of movies that we would never see anyway. I'm sure that yeah. she's great in that. For me, I, I always go back to Veronica Mars because it's so important in the first season of Veronica Mars that Lily, who is murdered at the beginning of the season, be likable. So you are invested in finding out who murdered her. Mm -hmm. And I think that Amanda Seyfried pulls that off flawlessly. Mm -hmm. She's still a high school kid. She's still a brat, but so likable. I agree. You really want to know who killed her. Indeed. That's what I always think of. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Spoilers, that's what the first season of Veronica Mars is about, everybody. Gary <laughs> <laughs> Hamlin yeah, did it. 20, anyway. 20 year old TV show, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, next up, grouping these together, um, Within 2016 on HBO Max, this was Aaron Moriarty and Michael Barton. Barton? Vartan? Vartan. Whatever. Um, Barton. Moving into a new house to start a new life. That's how a lot of haunted horror, haunted uh, house movies start. Yeah. And this one was no exception. Yeah, this one, it wasn't too bad. It was actually decent. Nah. It's a better version of The Boy. It's a better version of The Boy. Yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, The Boy is still shocking in its own right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a better version of The Boy. I agree. We had just watched what I think was a really good haunted house movie, and then we watched this directly uh, after. So I don't think I was fair. True. It's okay. Um, it is okay. Um, I enjoyed the performances. Were good. It was some yeah. creepy in some parts, and it never really copped out or anything. It, it, it stuck to it. So it was pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, I, I would lightly recommend it. I would too. I think um, Aaron Moriarty was good in it. Uh, yeah. For, um, from uh, The Boys. The Boys. Starlight. Starlight. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So yeah, it was uh, enjoyable. I, I found it at least a little bit enjoyable and it, and it captured my attention and it took care of the people that I wanted it to take care of. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, for me, it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't um, bad. And uh, I think maybe, again, I'm not giving it a fair grade because we had just watched... So should we move on? Yeah, to we'll move on next. His House from 2020 on Netflix. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was a far superior Haunted House movie. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend from um, uh, Lovecraft is in it. Yeah, say her name because I always get it no, wrong. I'm not saying it. Wumni... Oh, okay. I'm going to look it up. Ruby from Lovecraft Ruby Country. Ruby from Lovecraft Country. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's, I'm pretty sure she's British, but I think she's... Nah, I don't know. Nigerian. Wumni Mosaku. Ah, yes. Yeah. 
Uh, this is about um, refugees from a country. Uh, I don't recall which country. Uh, country in Africa? Southern Sudan. Sudan, okay. Yeah. Uh, refugees by boat are traveling to Sudan. I mean, are traveling to uh, Great Britain. Yeah, to Britain. Mm -hmm. uh, and their boat capsizes and breaks, and they lose what they say is their daughter in this move, and then they are held in kind of like, I don't want to say... Um, well, they're they're it's housed government in some, housing, government housing, yeah. where they can't leave. Right. You know, they have to. They're not residents there. They they don't have uh, the opportunity yet to become citizens of Great Britain or get a job or, or anything or, or like anything that. like that. Mm -hmm. So right now, uh, when they this couple when they do get out, they are given a home. They can take care of it, um, and have it be theirs and assimilate into their into the society that they are now living in right um, and that's pretty much what uh, uh, the whole startup of this movie is of course the house they move into is haunted or at least has evil spirits that they think is in the house right they start by thinking it's the house right, yeah. yeah like half of these movies uh, with haunted houses and stuff is usually the house is haunted or the people are haunted so right. they can't move they have to deal with that shit right um, I think the imagery is beautiful. I don't want to ruin too much. Um, mm -hmm. Well, let's just, I'll just say that after their their daughter is dies in the move to get to Great Britain, they are haunted by people. Right. Um, and well, so Wumni Musaka's character Rial Rial, I think her name is, um, tells her husband we're cursed mm -hmm. because. Our daughter died. Right. And so, yeah, they're seeing things, hearing things, and everything that's going on in this house. They can't do shit about it. They can't really leave. They can't get a job and go out. They have to kind of just endure this torture. And then mm -hmm. Matt Smith is in this movie. He is the, um, oh, whatchamacallit, kind of like the, the person who helps immigrants ease into their location. Yeah, he places them in this housing. Right, and he checks in every once yeah. in a while and is like, hey, this is your house, you know, take care of it and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and it is a shack. Yes. Uh, and it's very telling that it's a shack that this couple is really excited to have. That's mm -hmm. how bad it was for them in South Sudan. Yeah, they were going to get killed. If yeah. They were back there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very it, very beautiful, but yet very drab. And it's not very cheery. Very very few light colors in this movie. So, except, I think, when there's that imagery. Because there yes. are a lot of random colors in the house itself that they have. Mm -hmm. But that I feel like they use when... Shit's going down. Yeah. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. You have triggers. Right. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, okay. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't want to spoil it anymore. Yeah. I really liked it. I liked it too. I'd say check it out. So, sorry, Within. Maybe it wasn't fair yeah. that I watched you right after I watched this. But this was really good. And uh, another Netflix movie. Check it out. Make Wumni Mosaku so famous that I learn how to pronounce her name correctly. Please, universe. Lovecraft Country Season 2, please. Yes, please. Alright, so those are our Haunted House movies. All right, next. Um, we're moving on. Let's see. Can I group these? <laughs> no, not. You know what? I think I can group this into a haunted house movie, kind of. Sure. It's it's a stretch. That's more Hitchcockian. But let's just do The Woman in the Window. This was just released a few days ago on Netflix with uh -huh. Julianne Moore yeah. and Amy Adams. Yes. 
Um, so we just watched this. This one's pretty fresh in our brains. It we is just watched pretty, this yes. one a couple nights ago. Um, not exactly a haunted house. More, um... Rear window? Rear window and vertigo together. Mm-hmm. It's definitely an homage to Hitchcock. Yeah. But I feel like... Such that it was almost like you could probably splice in some Hitchcock movie and I wouldn't even know the difference. I don't know. Well, well, it, the funny thing is they show a clip of, what is that, Vertigo? Vertigo, right yeah, in the, beginning in the very of the movie. beginning. <laughs> and I go, great, put a great movie in, in a, uh, a, a, another movie. That's yeah. Just, that's not how you, you, you uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Never <laughs> put, like, a classic, critically acclaimed movie in your movie. It's and, a big risk. That unless it's Night of the Living Dead, because that's just public domain, so... Right, and that's why and that's that error. happens so often, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that also is risky. Like, it is, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't put Night of the Living Dead in your shitty zombie movie. Yeah. True. <laughs> it's, it's asking the audience for a lot, I think. So, anyway. Okay. Again, not what I was expecting. Hmm. Which I yeah. guess I should be glad... Mystery kind of. It's a mystery. Know, um, there is a yeah. twist. Yes, there are twists. But um, um, I felt like the twist was shoehorned in by a producer. It does seem. Doesn't it feel forced in there? It kind of did. Yeah, it unnecessary did. to the to the story. I thought yeah. the whole twist. True, I you agree. agree. I think I you could agree. have taken the twist out, and it still would have been a haunting movie. Yeah. But. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, other than that, um, yeah, it was fine. Uh, probably never watch it again, but... No, probably not. Um, Amy Adams and Julianne Moore, amazing. Julianne yeah. Moore really only has one scene. Pretty much, So yeah. if you're expecting to see her a lot, you're going to be disappointed. But Amy Adams is in every single scene, mm-hmm. because it's centered on her. And she's uh, agoraphobic. Yeah. Yeah, the story is that she's an agoraphobic. Um, she lives in this huge house... But her husband and daughter don't anymore. They've moved, and you assume it's because they're separated because she is having so many problems with anxiety and mm-hmm. agoraphobia, and it's turned. She's turning to like self-medicating with alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's clear that her she and her husband have separated, even though they still speak. Right. Yeah. So that's how you understand that the husband and daughter don't live there with her. Yes. Uh, it's yeah, fine. Check Whatever. it out. Sure. I, I enjoyed myself. All right, that's enough hauntings. <clears throat> now we're going to move on to... So let's get all the Joe Bobs out of the way, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's just yeah, keep let's, fire let's it up. Let's do these. Okay. Bride of Reanimator, 1990. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, Bride of Reanimator. I've never seen it, uh-huh. and I really don't like the first one. I'm in the minority. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And it, it is that one scene that everybody knows about that I have a problem with, but I think I was just too much of an adult woman... When I finally did see Reanimator, <gasps> to be comfortable with that scene, it's—I didn't clutch my pearls, but I was a little. Well, I never clutched my <laughs> something else. So proud of Reanimator. Um, well, I'm interested now. What do you think of this one? No holds barred, zany comedy. That's what. Yeah, this it is. And I had a really good time. Good. This one I think is way better. Because the they just let they're like, hey, let's just a different director, and everybody's yeah. just like, let's just fucking go crazy with this one. And they yeah. do. It's gross, funny. Jeffrey Combs knows exactly what the audience wants, and he gives it to them. Mm-hmm. His character is hilarious, even in parts where, what's happening when everything's going bananas, and he's yelling to his 
apprentice, like, make a note of it. Like, oh, right, yeah, something's it's, trying it's, to kill him. Right, he's just so uh, centered on his work. Yeah. That, yeah, he doesn't even... This is probably, I'll say I like this one the most out of, uh, I want to say, the three reanimator movies I've seen. Okay. Because there's reanimator, brighter reanimator, and beyond reanimator. Um, Beyond Reanimator, you should watch it. I want to see it again, because I believe this time he's in, like, a jail. Okay. And Jeffrey Combs is in jail, and he's fucking with the people in there. Now, the prisoners, so. okay. So I, a I, different I, director again? Or I the... think it might be Brian Usna again, or okay. Screaming Mad George, the effects guy. Okay. So we'll have to watch that at some point in time and find it. All right. So, yes, I did like Bride of Reanimator. I was a fan. Yeah, I remember actually seeing that movie for the first time... Back in like the early 90s when it came out. And it was kind of a big deal to watch that movie because it was just so gross. And I watched it with my dad because uh, my dad and mom were split at that time. We used to rent movies and he was like, oh, it's a good one. So we got that one this time. I'm like, oh, crap, bitching. All right. And it was great. I loved it, man. Mm -hmm. it, and it actually, I, I want to say it made me stay up one night because there were certain things in the movie that scared me. Um, one of the th one the one thing is is when um, the lunatics are let out of the the, the hospital mm -hmm. the ones that were turned prior movies and now they're all crazy and drooly and gross as fuck yeah when they're outside of their home at the cemetery just walking around being all gross that scared me when I was a kid okay so I am yeah anyway but yeah um, right. brighter animator awesome yeah. Next of Kin, 1982, on Joe Bob. Ah, uh, yes, Next of Kin. It's not the Patrick Swayze one. It's not the Patrick Swayze one. That one's <laughs> 1989. This one's 1982. Um, this one... I It was a horror movie from Australia that is from the 80s, I want to say, and it wasn't released for a very long time uh, until I think, I believe Joe Bob said until Quentin Tarantino started talking about it a little bit, and then I through traction, and then they released the movie. So, um, slow burn horror movie at, uh, I mean, this could be a haunted one, too. I guess this one is kind of a haunted house movie. <laughs> and an old Honestly, I forgot a lot more than I remembered about this movie. Uh, so, uh, and even when I went to look it up, I was like, I still don't really remember what. Well, I, I don't blame you. It is very slow moving. Yeah. I mean, it takes time to start picking up, and you don't know what's going on a lot of the time. But it was fine. Uh, I don't think I said it get all the hubbub about it, but hey, to each his own, it was fine. Yeah, I think what it was was that uh, Quentin Tarantino was in Australia and he they just thought they were going to stump him by asking him, what are your three <laughs> favorite Australian horror movies? Mad Max, yeah. Road Warrior, Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those aren't horror movies, but you do know three Australian movies. Very good. <laughs> I know more than that. I know Razorback. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's no offense to Next of Kin. It was all me. I'm sure I just wasn't paying attention. Um, it's fun. It was sure. fine. Check it out. Watch yeah. Joe. Watch it. Yeah, watch Joe Bob. Joe Bob anyway. Yeah. The hell's wrong with you? Uh, next up, Ginger Snaps 2000. We yeah, watched yeah. that on Joe Bob. I was really excited about this. I love this movie, but I had never even heard of it until you and I met. Mm -hmm. Oh and yeah. I said my favorite. Um, I think I was trying, like, partially trying to impress you and partially lying to myself when I said my favorite monster was werewolves because it's clearly vampires. <laughs> and I can accept that about myself now. Um, and you mentioned Ginger Snaps, and I had never even heard of this little Canadian werewolf. Yeah, I chipped movie. you up already. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I like werewolves. Well, have you ever seen this one? And I was still saying the howling was good back then, too. <laughs> it's not bad. 
It is bad. It's not horrible. It's pretty horrible. Yeah. If you had a vagina, I think you might feel differently. Uh, Ginger snaps. Speaking of vaginas. <laughs> yeah, speaking of. In werewolf movies. <laughs> there's almost a, a literal relationship. Um, instead of this being about men's testosterone and hormones getting out of control as the story, like Teen Wolf or something harder than mm-hmm. Teen Wolf, this is actually about a woman, a girl, finally getting her period at 16 while simultaneously being bitten by a werewolf. So everything that happens to her, they at first try to write it off as puberty when mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's werewolfism. So I'm, I guess a lot of people who, well, whomever listens to the, to the podcast here has probably seen Ginger Snaps or, and, and probably knows a lot about it. But I want to pose this question to you. I want to see... Now, you're talking about, like, Teen Wolf and everything, about how, uh, you know, the testosterone and how this one dealt with female versions. Right. Of mm-hmm. just growing up. Of as, hormones uh, going uh, crazy. Right, yeah. exactly. Teen Wolf's comedy, this is a horror movie. Yes. Now, do you think if we switched them, would they work that way again? Would they... If you switched the females, the A female, to Teen Wolf, do you think it would fit as a comedy it's tough to say because Teen Wolf is so, like, captured in time. Would Teen True. Wolf fly today? Would it even have flown in 2000? Maybe not. Maybe not, yeah. And in 1985, would they have captured the metaphors of, like, puberty in women versus werewolfism mm-hmm. as well? Can you even do no. that in a comedy? Actually, you know, you're, yeah. a- you're absolutely right. Because I think they, they tried doing this before in kind of a way. Yeah. Uh, remember with just one of the guys? That kind of. They did yeah. it with Amanda Bynes, and it didn't work at all this time around. No one fucking saw it, if I remember correctly. Right. Well, that and that was um, she's the man. She's the man, right? Just one of the guys is an '80s movie. Yes. It's just as uncomfortable. Although both of those are supposed to be, I believe, a version of Twelfth Night, not mm-hmm. like a monster movie. Right. Right. You're right. Yeah. But yeah. Well, well, I'm thinking of it though. Well, what if? We did the Teen Wolf thing with a woman, but make it a horror movie instead, and keep kind of the same tones from Ginger Snaps into like a, a sports female movie, and you'd switch the male over to a Ginger Snaps kind of movie, but make it a comedy. Do you think that would work? Yeah, I mean, I think in the right hands, yeah. both of those things. Now, would work, though, I'm talking definitely. about now. If they do like a, a Teen Wolf with a, a, a female, make it a horror movie instead. And then, yeah, just do a comedy of some dude getting a boner and shit becoming a werewolf. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not sure we have, I'm not we have the I, same vision here. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I would watch these movies. Right. I'm just saying I would like to see someone mix it up like that. I think it would be kind of interesting. I would check it out, yeah. But yeah. I don't think they would work if you were to flip them around that way. I don't think, well, maybe it wouldn't work as well. If you were to flip flop them in a comedy, or say like yeah, you want the female to do Teen Wolf and be a comedy, I don't think it would work. If you wanted to do a male and for to be a horror movie, just like Ginger Snaps, it would not work nearly as well as with females. Yeah, it just I think it depends on who's behind the wheel. It mm. really depends on that for me, because both of them you'd have to be really comedy horror is hard to pull off. Horror comedy is hard to pull off. Um, Like, American Werewolf in London is one of a kind. Name me another werewolf movie or even monster movie that's... There there aren't very many that are on that same 
wavelength. Yeah. Wavelength, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to say. For me, I don't know. It just depends on who did it. Um, but but do you think it's possible, though? I do think it's no, okay. possible. It okay. really just depends. Right. And I think part of partially you're thinking about turning this into a comedy because Ginger Snaps gets like really bleak at the end. Yeah, it does. It's a, the ending is very dark. But there's a lot of funny parts but mixed in with funny, it too. Yeah, like Mimi Rogers, her characters is is funny in this She's movie. She's perfect. And from what Joe Bob says, like all, all of her choices were her idea. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The sunny disposition, the crazy clothing, the cavalier way she says she just has to burn the house down <laughs> whether the husband comes or not. <laughs> so She's great. Um, this was not the first movie for Emily Perkins or um, oh my god. I know. Um, oh my uh, god. Uh, Catherine Isabel. Catherine Isabel. But it's close. They're both pretty young. Yeah. Well, Emily Perkins was actually 22. Right. She did Catherine it. Isabel. That was early 90s. Yeah. So, yeah. And she'd done some other TV. Catherine Isabel was only 18. So even though Emily Perkins was the little sister, she's actually the older mm-hmm. actor. Um, they're both excellent. A lot of dog death. Yeah, lots of dogs. Yeah. None of it like live or anything. It's just dog bodies. You don't, yeah. get to, you don't really get to know the dogs. So no, you that's don't. Good. That's true. Well, one of them a little <laughs> bit. But, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't even know what I almost in my head I thought reverse rape scene but it is not it's a rape scene it's just that the one doing the raping is a woman mm-hmm. and the one being raped is a man which is turning that whole idea on its head true yeah um, a man she's turning into a werewolf and is bloodthirsty even though she doesn't really understand it and he tells her to slow down and she rapes him yeah he comes back to school all scratched up and that he wanted it yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was interesting. The the writer, if I remember correctly, Joe Bob said um, that the director wanted the writer to write a werewolf movie because there aren't there are so few good werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had never written like even a horror movie before or something like that, but she wrote this. And cool. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Check I it out. listen to Joe Bob. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're usually with the movies he shows. It's like my favorite part. I can't wait to get back to Joe Bob talking about it than watching Mandy, for instance, which yeah. she wouldn't even let us do, and I'm so glad. Yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah. So check it out, obviously, Ginger Snaps. <clears throat> and the last Joe Bob, oh no, there's two. Ugh. Let's get this one out of the way. Dead and Buried, 1981, Joe Bob. Yeah, we just watched this one, I want to say yesterday. Yeah. And um, movie from the early 80s kind of passed me by. I'd never seen it, but I have seen the box. Me too. Before. I remember the box art from the video store, for mm-hmm. sure. And then, oh, finally got to see it. Um, Stepford Wives uh, meets it's, Body Snatchers. Yeah, it's <laughs> Stepford Town. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's I mean, that's pretty much all I gotta say for that. Joe Bob did make a joke that Dead and Buried is a title that doesn't really make any sense since they are not buried. And they're nor alive. They, yeah, they're kind of alive, even if they're dead. <laughs> it was it was an interesting movie. The main character, oh my god, I can't believe there was any scenery left by the time he was done with every scene. <laughs> so I tolerated him. But hmm. interesting concept. New take on a zombie movie of sorts. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fine. Alright, one more. And then Joe the Bob, last right? one, last but certainly not least... Try to put this one in a box, I dare you. Fried Berry, 2020 ah, yes. on Joe Bob. Fried Berry, 
I guess you could put it in like a Starman box. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, it's fish out of water kind yeah. of thing, but done by a music video director. Right. Um, I like this movie a lot, actually. So the premise is that this junkie <laughs> mm-hmm. is inhabited by an alien. Right. So there's this uh, Barry. He's not the nicest guy. He has a wife and kid. He uh, never around. Shoots heroin. Does a lot of drinks a lot. Doesn't really do anything for society. Um, walking down the street in Cape Town, South Africa, and then he is abduct- abducted by aliens, and then an alien is cloned from him, and is sent down in his place to see kind of like what United, uh, what um, the world is like. Right, like a reconnaissance mission. Right, and so they pick the worst motherfucker, <laughs> the uh, guy a penchant for drug use, heavy drug use. Yes, he's he's a heroin junkie. And and this dude's scary looking too. He, he he's like if the crypt keeper de-aged about a hundred years, he would look like fried berry. Yeah, but then also like deadlifted three hundred pounds every day. Did you see his arms? He was a little built. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, but but freaky looking dude. Yeah. He he he's not going to be on the cover of too many magazines that don't have horror in the title. Right. But but perfect for this. Perfect role. for the movie because it's <laughs> funny. It's that whole premise is hilarious yes. because they could have picked any other person, right? Any person like just some Joe Schmo, but they picked this one dude and see the worst parts of society mm-hmm. and have to go through some of the worst parts of society and then get the fuck out of there. So yeah, this is like a mixture of uh, this is like. A 2020 remake of a South African E.T. <laughs> and this is what it is. And it's I, I liked it a lot, man. Because it, it it went places that... I mean, well, there's so many characters. There's like there's so, so many, many different characters. characters. This is kind of like from set piece to set piece. But it's done very well. And yeah, I thought this movie was great. Um, I don't know about other people who felt about it who watched Joe Bob. But just... Like the aesthetic of the movie and and the editing and just where it went, I liked it a lot and it tried something new. Yeah, you know? I laughed and I agree. I've never really seen anything like it, even mm. though I sort of have. I haven't. So mm. I had a good time. I do. Um, Joe Bob said that the director Ryan Ryan Kruger calls it categorizes it as a cult classic. Yeah, which. Uh, Joe Bob takes umbrage with, and so do I. You can't. Yeah, this you movie can't. just came out. You can't cult call classic it. means that it has some sort of following. Right. Yeah. This doesn't yet, so you can't categorize it that way. Yeah, not yet. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, does it have cult classic potential? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. But uh, I, oh man, it, it's just a crazy movie, fast pace. Yeah. Um, check it out. I. I like it. Yeah, check it out. All right, that's all the Joe Bob movies. All Moving right. on. Moving on. A few more. <clears throat> um, Hosts. Hosts. 2020 on Shudder. Uh, this is about a neighbor who's friends with his neighbors and their family. Mm-hmm. And he gets invited over to Christmas. Christmas, Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner mm-hmm. and brings his girlfriend. Right. But before that could happen, two balls, uh, a ball of light... Shows up at the neighbor's door and um, inhabits his girlfriend, and to which they both become 
aliens in a way. I and, guess. And then go to the other house where they're having Christmas dinner, which we have a um, brother, a sister, and a daughter, along with a mother and a father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it's just, so it's sort of a body snatchers. In a way, yes, yeah. it is, but very brutal. Really brutal. It came out really suddenly in this movie. And that was my problem with it, because when I see brutality that harsh that just comes out of nowhere, I laugh. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like I, I, I think to myself, that. this must be comedic somehow, because mm-hmm. it's so horrible. See, I thought, I didn't think that way at all. Okay. Although I might have laughed, it wasn't laughing because I was necessarily thought it was funny. I was just surprised. Shocked, like, oh my yeah. god, holy shit, alright, great. And I think now, just... now I see the direction of where this movie is going. And now, because otherwise, yeah, you could watch this movie and just be like, okay, we have these body, body snatcher people mixing in with regular people and such and such. But wow, like when the brutality hits, it really sucks you into what kind of movie this really is. It takes that hard turn. It does. Right. And I think when I take, when you take me on that hard turn, my instinct is to think. Is this maybe a comedy? Mm-hmm. That was so brutal. I would say that if it was exploitative, but it it isn't exploitative. I mean, it has meaning to it. It does have meaning to it, but it's just because something is over the top doesn't mean it's, it's way over the top. Yeah, but I know. So, um, but that's the premise of the movie. Yes. The, these two characters in, uh, invade the house and. Uh, make make them uh, or separate them into different rooms, all the different family members, and fuck with them in a yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And um, but then there's twists and there's underlying things also involved that you learn later on in the movie. Yeah, there's family drama that yes. unfolds. and it's mm-hmm. and it yeah and um, so yeah, I like this one a lot actually. I, I liked thought, it. Um, I would definitely say watch for this one. Great acting in there, especially by the dad. Yeah. The dad in this movie is great. Like yeah. You, everyone's pretty good in this movie, I'd have to say. But yeah, be ready for some brutal moments in here. Agreed. There are, there's a, 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 yeah, I won't even say, because I want you to be surprised if you want. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to say anything more about it either. It was just, it felt like a huge tonal shift for me. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe I'm still digesting it. I don't know. Okay. But, but I, I recommend it. Yeah. Hosts. Next up. Headcount, 2019 on Shudder. This is a Shapeshifter movie. Yes. Um, I think Shapeshifter is in the synopsis. Well, this is just about a group of friends who uh, actually are out at like Joshua Tree, and they meet up with these two other guys. One of them is uh, visiting his brother out in Joshua mm-hmm. Tree who lives there. He's kind of like a free spirit dude. Um Lives in a trailer in the right. nowhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, they go out for a walk and meet up with all these, like, these ten friends who who kind of, like, rented, like, a motel kind of place for oh, a few days. Seems so, like a big vacation getaway mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So they, they, um, they invite the one character to go and hang out with them. The other one doesn't want to go because he doesn't do drugs or drink or anything. So he ends up hanging out with them for the weekend, but... Something else followed them, which uh, the shapeshifter, and then the shapeshifter starts becoming different characters in this movie. 
but it's effective because it took a while for this movie to start getting going. Yeah. And when it does, the tension and the and and just the 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 fear in the group really propels this movie forward. And there's just one scene in particular that really grabbed me, and it was the scene. There's a scene where. Um, the groups kind of break off from each other. Ones are playing Never Have I Ever, and the other group in the background is playing <clears throat> ping pong. So this group is playing Never Have I Ever, and one of them goes, says something to one, the one character, and he comes out of the kitchen, the same character, yeah. and then the lights go out. And it's fucking creepy and so effective in this movie because yeah. it just catches you off guard because you've just been... You know there's something going to happen, but you don't think it's going to happen right at this moment. It gets you right before you think the moment's coming. It really did, does. And I noticed even sort of moments before that, like if you really watch the character that's not... First of all, it's fun because it's nine characters mm -hmm. total. And you are definitely the POV of the main character, our hero, if you will, Evan, because he's just met all these people. Right. So he's having trouble keeping track of them, uh -huh. and their names and everything. And yes. so are we, because there's so many of them. Um, so I just wanted to back up and say that. But it, it, I started to notice that there were always characters who weren't, maybe just one character who didn't have any lines in one scene. And then by the time we get to that scene, you notice that that guy who's sitting in the Never Have I Ever, he never says anything mm -hmm. while they're playing that game. Everybody else playing the game says something. He's right. just smiling and looking around, right. and then suddenly the real him comes out from the back. Yeah, and that, that was very, very yeah. effective. It's really cool. <laughs> so I'm sorry that we fucked that up yeah. for you, but it's, uh, maybe you won't know which scene. Yeah. They're drinking all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so check this one out. This, is, this was um, an interesting movie. Yeah, I liked it. I would say check it out, too. That was on, it's called Headcount, and it's on Shudder. All right, we're getting there. The next up, we just watched these last night. The first one was American Fable 2016 on IFC Unlimited. That one had Kit Pardue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just watched this one last night. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, about farmers. And this one farmer and his family, or at least a couple, one member of the family, another member of the family, kidnaps one of the guy, uh, someone who's buying up all the farms. And um, so they hide him in a silo and the young girl of the family goes over to the silo and becomes friends with him. Mm -hmm. And... And she just thinks he's some sort of magical creature who grants wishes. Right. Uh, because there was something that he said that directly connected, I don't want to ruin it anymore, mm -hmm. but that directly connected to something that happened in her life and so she assumed that he made it happen. Right, yes. Even though it's not even really explained all that well, right. that's the gist of it. Um, she's a little old, I think. Yeah, but so, she was good in it, though. She's great, yeah. yeah. I looked up that girl immediately. Um, mm. Her name is Peyton Kennedy. Yeah, she was um, good in the movie. She's really good. Um, and yeah, I don't... I, I liked it. You know, I kept thinking... So, uh, what, what drew me to it was this promise of... Uh, there, there was gonna be, were gonna be some like magical elements to it, like mm -hmm. fairy tale elements. So it made me think of things like, like Pan's Labyrinth, for instance. Um, and this is no Pan's Labyrinth. No, not at all. I felt like the, it seemed like the, 
make-believe parts were sort of added later, and you probably could have taken them out, and it wouldn't even yeah, have mattered. Yeah, it wouldn't have mattered, no. And I just kept thinking of Pan's Labyrinth, terrified, tigers are not afraid, I'm not scared, which is clearly what this is either based mm-hmm. on or ripping off directly. And I'm sorry, but uh, Latinos do it way better. <laughs> I was not impressed. It was... It was... <sighs> It never got, it never really took off for me, um, yeah. not even at the end. And I just think there's there's a lot of things that weren't resolved at the end of the movie. And I think they did that on purpose, but I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that either. Yeah. So I give this a maybe. Check but, it out. Uh, I, you know what? DM us and tell us what you think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But first, you have to watch Pan's Labyrinth, Terrified, Tigers Are Not Afraid, and I'm I'm Not Scared. And then tell me if this was up to snuff, because I don't think it was. Yeah. Latinos do it better. All right. One, last one or last two more? Last one. That's before our movie of the week. Uh, right. This one, your brother recommended to us, The Clovich Killer. Yes. Um, the Clovich Killer. He's been talking to me about it lately, so I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right come check it out. And this has been recommended to me. I remember seeing the, whatever you call the box art now on Netflix. (laughs) The the title card. Icon, the title card. Never did I ever notice that that was Dylan McDermott, or I probably would have been interested. (laughs) He's fucking But I didn't. I heard his voice, and I was like, where's that voice coming from? (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, He's great. He is. Dylan McDermott's always great. They really uglied him up in this. Um, this movie's about a um, this young young dude, uh, high schooler, uh, part of like a church and everything, uh, living day to day in his his usual suburban life that uh, used to be. Um, well, how would I say it? it? It used to be in the shadow of a serial killer. Yeah. That stopped about ten years ago. Right. Exactly. Uh, and then this, uh, he gets some, he, uh, and he ends up getting some clues, which I won't tell you how, that kind of leads to believe that his father was that serial killer, the right. clove hitch killer. Played by Dylan McDermott. Played by Dylan yeah. McDermott, yes. Um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of, there's a novella called The Good Marriage by Stephen King, um, and that was made into a movie, um... And it's where the novella and the movie are about a wife who accidentally discovers that her husband has been the serial killer for, like, the whole 25 years of Hmm. their marriage. And then she decides she has to deal with that. So I think this is a similar premise. Okay. Um, Obviously, it's the son, not the wife. Um, So I don't know. I just like to point out things that are similar. (laughs) Not necessarily saying that you're ripping things off. I just let's agree that there are other movies and books out there about the same thing. I don't know what my problem is today, but I keep doing that. <laughs> um, nothing's new. Everything's been done before. <laughs> so I liked it. What did you think? I liked it too, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it... Um, I mean, you pretty much knew from the beginning that the dad's the Clovich killer. You know, there's just like... You pretty much know that, but you're just kind of waiting for him to tell you that. Yeah. And then I think that makes... I think that makes the movie good, too, because, I mean, we've had these mysteries in movies for a very long time about how all these different clues are going to lead up to uh, the, the, 
the serial killer actually confessing and everything. But it, it doesn't do that necessarily. No, it doesn't. And he's Dylan McDermott's character, Don Birdside is his name, is just a masterful liar. Mm-hmm. Like he draws you in when you already know. Yeah. Yeah. And even even tries to put doubt in your mind. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe, 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 maybe. But right. that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, check, uh, I would check this one out. It's pretty good. Definitely. It's it's easily, also, since I'm calling out similarities, it's it's BTK. I mean, that's who this killer is. He's part yeah. of his church. He likes binding. Yeah, 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 um, pretty he much. He used to dress himself up and take pictures of himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. BTK did all of that, so. I, I I do like the scene where he um, he dresses up like a woman and starts to bind himself and hang himself. Yeah. And then he tries to get off on that, and he just That's can't. That's what BTK yeah. used to do. Yeah. yeah, they're lifting that directly really? from the real wow. life guy. But he used <laughs> oh, to try shit. to take those pictures to get himself off. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, uh, so yeah, I guess this is just BTK, really. BTK. Yeah. Okay. But, but it's an interesting take on BTK. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool, I didn't know that. Awesome. Ask me more about serial killers, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me his name, though, because I can't remember it right now. So, The Clovich Killer, and we finally got there. That was our last movie before the movie of the week. And that is coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is from 2021, Jacob's Wife, starring Larry Fassenden and Barbara Crampton. Yes, this was early access, so we rented it. Yes. Um, it was pretty cheap, though, too, wasn't it? It was like $7 yeah. to rent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you want to get us started on this one? Because you, you, you liked this one a lot, didn't you? Yeah, I really did. Did you not? I did. I did like it. So, uh, yeah. please. Start us off. Um, so, obviously, I'm just going to read what somebody else wrote. <laughs> Anne, Anne, married to a small-town minister, feels her life has been shrinking over the past 30 years. Encountering the master brings her a new sense of power and an appetite to live bolder. However, the change comes with a heavy body count. See, there are so many grammatical errors in this. I need to write my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Wing it! Regardless of the grammatical errors, that is what it's about. So... They've been married for 30 years, they're an older married couple, um, and it's very clear that she doesn't feel like heard or seen by her Mm. husband right now. Yes. So pretty much Nosferatu comes into town and starts infecting people, or straight up killing them, Mm -hmm. and at one point, Barbara Crampton gets infected and becomes a vampire, and once that happens, she kind of opens up to her sexuality more and um, starts really kind of opening up and shying away from the, the, the church goer that she was, or she had become. Because earlier on in this movie, 
she has a um, like a meetup with an old high school boyfriend that she used to go out with, and they catch up and everything. The boyfriend, the old boyfriend's in town because he bought a building or his company bought a building, a factory, mm-hmm. and uh, they went out for drinks and went over to the factory and. He wanted to be kind of fresh with her, and she kind of did too, but ended up pretty much just saying, uh, I'm married and everything, you yeah. know. And in the conversation they had beforehand, he was like, well, you used to be crazy back in the day. Why did you end up with this old fart, you know, this minister and everything? And she was like, you know, bad shit happened to me, and he was there for me the entire mm-hmm. time, so I stayed with him. And yeah. she still obviously loves him yes, because yes, she feels she too guilty to engage in an affair with this mm-hmm. guy. And he's like, okay, cool. But then all of a sudden in the factory is where the, the head vampire is. Right. And he ends up killing him and uh, ends up infecting Barbara Crampton. She ends up getting home late. And uh, good old Larry there is like, you're home late kind of thing. Because usually he's, she cooks dinner and everything, gets all the shit ready for him. Um, when he's done ministering. Yeah, she's been this domesticated housewife. For 30 this years. whole time, and now she's... I mean, this is definitely a metaphor for an older woman um, discovering who she is a lot later in life, mm-hmm. and whether or not that involves her husband is up in the air at this point. Right. And Which every woman, I'm sure, in their late 50s, early 60s, who's been married that long can relate to. And and the, and the men, too. We'll get there. This, okay. is, this is a movie yeah. about marriage. It's like, oh, shit, i got to wait to about no, no, 15 no. years here. Yeah, no, I don't think that I've just been a little wifey sitting at home not telling you my feelings. So <laughs> true, I doubt that's going to happen. As for a crisis, yeah, maybe that could mm-hmm. happen. But, no, this movie is about marriage, essentially. That's yes. what it was for me yeah, and how... Is. Marriage, it doesn't get easier. Mm -hmm. It only gets more complicated. And staying with that person takes work. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes people find that it's not worth the effort anymore. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people find that it it is. So are we going to walk through the movie? Because I want to say more about that, but really with regards to the end. Yeah, yeah. so pretty much everything is set up in the beginning for us about the relationship. Yeah. I guess we'll just take part from when she gets home, from when uh, that shit happened to her ex-boyfriend and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets home, Larry wants dinner, and she's just done for the day. Mm-hmm. She um, goes and passes out, and Larry can kind of see that things are changing. And he knows that she went to meet an old boyfriend. She right. told him. Yeah. So he's suspicious about that, too. Right, right. And from there... Um, I want to say, don't they uh, wake up and there's, like, no breakfast made for her, right? Yeah, I mean, as as the movie progresses, she's not doing the same things that he was used to her doing. Mm-hmm. And he starts to seem kind of resentful about it. He's not terribly likable at the beginning. Right. Uh, there's a, actually a scene where uh, he's leaving his church or wherever, and there's kids, like, on his car, call him molester and everything, you know. And mm-hmm. He's not he, he's not necessarily, like, a wholly godly person to them, but he's not a dick either. But he's just like, you know, just get away from my car kind of thing. Yeah. Kids, you know, mm-hmm. and, and drives off. Right. At no point do you think this is a bad guy. Just right. this guy has really not been paying attention to his wife. Right. Um, and yeah. things just kind of got lost over years, and it just became somewhat of formality in a way to exactly. where everything is on autopilot and that's it. And they're just a, a day-to-day thing. Everything is the same. 
-hmm. And now it's changed and it scares him. Right. He doesn't know what's happening to her. Right. And and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, She she went out with an old boyfriend and is now displaying uh, different attitudes now towards him and the relationship. So I, I think, yeah, he's scared. And she's... I think Barbara Crampton is very beautiful. Even oh yeah, even now I think she's just as beautiful as she was when she was in her twenties. More so now because she's gotten to play some interesting characters. Mm-hmm. She must feel so fortunate, and it shouldn't be that way. Women no, her age should have great parts. Yeah, that's but... fucked up. Because like she didn't do well. She did like I want to say soap operas after doing all the horror movies for a yeah. while and. Took time off to be a mom, I want to say, and then started doing but also, horror movies again. Yeah, wasn't getting jobs. I mean, yeah, she said yeah, I true. took time off to be a mom, but didn't have much choice. Yeah, you're in that that age in the middle there where you're not getting the young teenager roles or teeny bopper roles, nor are you getting the mother roles. Right. You're like in that middle where there's there's where nothing for you. You don't matter. Except yeah. maybe <laughs> you might like be on Tom Cruise's arm for a shitty movie. But that's it, though. It had no, like, character or no lines, and that's what you're going to get. Right. And I do think that that is improving for women. Yes. Slowly but surely. Especially for this movie, because she herself championed the script and this movie and everything to get made for Mm -hmm. a few, for I don't know how many years, but it was a while to where she wanted to get this movie made. Yeah. It's a great vehicle for her. It's Mm -hmm. perfect for her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, which eventually leads us to the husband finding out that she's a vampire because he right. goes to the to the mill that the old boyfriend bought and he sees that there's a girl there who used to go to his ministry all the time but hasn't disappeared so people are looking for her so he finds her there and she's actually a vampire that's been converted by the master right and she ends up killing one of the other guys um, there was like the, the two punks he ran into by his car mm-hmm. are in there and one of them gets killed, and the other one uh, gets away and tells the police. So um, Larry ends up, the minister ends up, um, he ends up escaping the mill and mm-hmm. drives home. And that's when I believe he starts to see, like, actually understanding about his wife. Yeah, and he really displays, like, a desire to know about what she's going through for the mm-hmm. first time in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, that's when he figures out that she's a vampire, and he starts to protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, the cops come over to, uh, asking him about uh, the missing girl and the, and the everything. Um, he's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then the cop brings up, you know, well, this one, the girl, the one that, was in the mill, not the vampire, but the other one said that you were there and saw everything. So all of a sudden, all the suspicion starts creeping up on him, and then mm-hmm. he just kind of wants to uh, protect his wife. Gets an idea that they need to uh, kill the, the master for her to be all right. And she's like, I don't know if I want to be back to how I was before. Kind of right. Thing. She, she doesn't actually say that. She asks him if that's what he wants Mm -hmm. for everything to go back to normal and he says of course don't you Mm -hmm. she doesn't answer him Mm -hmm. which i think is really important it is yeah she doesn't necessarily want to change back but she wants to change probably back in a different way exactly the she knows 
this marriage can't exist as is anymore. She mm-hmm. can't live like this anymore. Right. So, of course, she doesn't want to be a vampire anymore, but this mm-hmm. isn't working for her. Yes. Yeah. And he probably wouldn't transition either. Mm-hmm. He's a man of faith. And so um, they're at an impasse until um, they end up, I want to say they end up, uh, uh, why, what? they end up fucking at some point. Yeah. Because their relationship is somewhat rejuvenated in a way. Yeah, like kind they're, of. They're kind of somewhat reintroduced to each other. They find the spark again. Mm-hmm. And these two have really good chemistry. Together. Yeah, they do. They do. <clears throat> and so that kind of sends them off into, you know, uh, getting her somewhat back to normal until they have um, the showdown with the uh, head vampire. The one looks like a gross Nosferatu kind of. Yeah, played by. A woman, though, which oh, I think really? is really wow. important. Yeah. Oh, huh. oh yeah, that's right. It was a woman, mm-hmm. the master. Right, right, right. Uh, makes even more sense now. Yeah. So, uh, and the the woman, the master, talks to Barbara Crampton's character Anne about, you know, I gave you this gift. You mm-hmm. really want to go back to the way things were before? Hmm. And if you notice too, she, the the grand master only infects women. She doesn't yeah. affect any men in this movie, mm-hmm. so that makes because even more sense this now. This movie is also about female empowerment yeah. as much as it is about marriage. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, to which, um, of course, they, they kill the head vampire, but nothing really changes after that. Yeah, and I love the way this movie ends. It's yes. perfect. It is. It is a good way to end this yeah. movie. Um after, all, everything, after everything is said and done, they're just sitting on their couch going like, what are we going to do now? Well, Larry, the minister, doesn't necessarily trust his wife now. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he doesn't know if he can live that way. And she does also doesn't know if she can live that same way either anymore. To which the movie ends with them both with weapons behind their backs. Leaning in for a kiss. Leaning in for a kiss or kill. We don't yeah. know. We're not sure. And it's ambiguous, but... And then it's over. And that's it. Yeah. Which um, is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is a very good movie. Marriage, very low budget. Yeah. Uh, not, you're not going to get a lot of thrills and, and big explosions and stuff, right. but it's very, very good. Yeah, it, then that accurately portrays how hard marriage can be, even when you've been married for that long. Mm-hmm. Um, it continues to be you know, challenging is the wrong word, but it, it takes work for marriage to be successful. And it's only between those two people at the end of the day. So the ending is ambiguous. And perfect. Yes. To me. I definitely recommend this movie. Uh, I kind of just was like, you know what? Uh, let's go with Jacob's wife. I like yeah. Barbara Crampton. I want to see some more movies she's in. So yeah, let's 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 watch this one. This and, uh, wildly exceeded my expectations. Good. I don't know good. what I expected. You know, I knew nothing about it. I didn't even know it was vampires either. Mm. I knew absolutely nothing about it, and I'm glad. Because when I said vampires, I thought, like, ooh, I just discovered the thing. And you're like, yeah, duh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess I had no expectations going in, but they were wildly exceeded. I liked it a lot. All right. Well, uh, definite recommend for both of us in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty new. Um, I'll definitely check this one out. Pay the however much it is now. Pay the $7 and watch it. Yeah, that's good. Robert Crampton, baby. 
And Larry fastened it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great, too. <laughs> he had all of his teeth in this time. I think he's, he's missing a front tooth that he usually just goes without, but... But he had the bridge he, in He threw time. it in this time. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, thank you guys for joining us again this week. We'll probably be back in about a week or two with a bunch of new shit talk about and we can talk about maybe the new Resident Evil game that came out oh yeah you have to play it still yes. I just beat it the other yes. day so alright cool well thank you guys and we will see you soon thanks for listening